Welcome to CDN Media's Executive Insights. I'm your host, J.D. Miller, Vice President at CDN Media. We have a great show for you today. Successful IT leaders in the new world focus on the people, but why didn't they always? Leaders have to become the trusted advisor to the wider executive. It's important for IT executives to be associated with transformation and collaboration as much as they are with the tin, the wires, and the PowerPoint projector. We're going to dive into this with Rich Corbridge, CIO of Boots UK. A fantastic background on Rich and looking forward to hearing more. So stick around. Rich Corbridge, the CIO of Boots UK, the UK's largest pharmacy-led health and beauty retailer. Great background on Rich. Rich uh, has been with Boots for just shy of two years. He has a stint as an advisory board member at Silverbuck, Chief Digital and Information Officer at Leeds Teaching Hospitals and HS Trust. Hims UK advisor. Uh, not only that, check out some of these accolades. So. Uh, Rich Silverbuck Advisory Board Member from 2019 to 2020, Chair of BEST's Block-Enabled Stratified Trial Systems and RCSI Research Project coming up, Visiting Lecturer at Newcastle University, EU CIO 100 Member in 2020, UK Hot Topics, Top 5 Digital Leaders in Social Media in 2020, Whew. and I, the, the list goes on and on. But why don't we just hear from the man himself? Rich, thank you for joining us today. Thanks everyone. so much for having me. So I, I want to dive into a, a lot of topics and, and you've definitely had a wonderful experience. And we're, we're, we're going to dive into that as well. But I'm going to start off with a, a pretty broad question for you, Rich. What does it take to be a successful IT leader today? I think that's changed so much, hasn't it? And I guess that's why the question pokes at today in particular. The change over the last five years in CIO or whatever badge it means and, and comes with it, there's, there's a lot more now about that transformation. It's about innovation. It's about representing what digital is. You know, five years ago, there was an awful lot of debate about whether CIO was the right title anymore. And I think we've got over that. We've stopped worrying about what the title is. And are now looking at what a technology leader role is at a board level of any organization. And we're championing hugely how, how that role is the advisor to the to the board whether it's a retail organization like my own now whether it's a healthcare organization as i previously worked in a public sector organization what the role has to be is the person that sat at the table pointing out where technology digital change can be the foundation for success and i think that's where the roles become a champion of change um, and, and in particular around that transformation of, of big organizations Question for you then, how is that different in the health and beauty space? You've been in a lot of different uh, areas. Is it different? It's different because it's retail and it's because it's a, a private sector, big retail organization, I guess. The width of influence compared to a healthcare organization is huge. But actually the skills, the things that you need at a board level to be that transformational leader are really quite similar. So you need to be able to know what's happening and deliver what's happening in your, your remit, your, your functional areas. But you also need to look at what the competition's doing, what other organizations are doing, as well as being aware of where technology is changing. So I think that's that awareness piece. 
but it's that how do you make it real how do you not talk about new technology and acronyms new technology and ethereal visions of the future and try and make it impactful on today and when you look at retail in the beauty sector in the healthcare sector in the uk now we're looking at how do we do virtual try-on you could dive into the technology around what that means or you can explain what the customer focus is and i think that's a real skill now is bringing everybody around the board table to the customer focus of what digital does to our customer relationship. Well, and that kind of brings me to my next point. A lot of, during this time especially, a lot of technology executives have gotten a seat at the table, some for the very first time around that board. Yeah, kind of a two-parter. How do they keep that and how do they make it actionable within the entire company? you've got to almost reverse the order you've put that you make it actionable to keep it as a role so i think there's a big part of of delivering the core functionalities that deliver first principle has to be through what you're doing you can't ask for more money you can't ask to be higher place transformation responsible if you haven't delivered the run first elements to what we do so if you look at a big retailer like us we're just out of black friday there is no way i could have spent the the two weeks in the run up to black friday focusing on the year 2025 i've got to make sure that my team can keep our dot-com site running that it runs the supply chain that we can go to that 250 percent higher capacity throughput points in the day you can't move your focus entirely to just be about transformation you've got to run first but somehow you have to create the brain space to be able to have time on transformation and change as well you can't sit at the exact table and only focus on the operations of tomorrow you've got to be able to do both and that's how you maintain that that capability you know we we joke in healthcare in the uk in particular that the cio is responsible for three p's the power the projector and the powerpoint in the boardroom and you kind of hope that that doesn't exist but it does you've got to keep everybody happy with their tech and be there to advise on transformation Tell me a little bit about being cross departmental as an IT leader. Now you're, you're not just part of the leading technology. You're, you're part of marketing. You're part of sales. You're part of admin. You're part of operations. Tell me about this shift. Yeah, now that is fascinating, isn't it? The change in focus in the last 12 months. And maybe, maybe it's just our organization. I feel it probably isn't. But my connected tissue to marketing in particular in the last 12 months is huge. It's becoming such a big part of everything that we're trying to deliver, that MarTech capability for a retailer. But I think that comes back to customer. So all the different areas that you, you listed then, that breadth across there, in some organizations, we're therefore seen as back office because we're across everything. But in a more forward-thinking organization, we're seen as customer-focused because we're there to deliver platforms foundations and transformational capability to whomever the customer is. In healthcare, in the NHS, in the HSE in Ireland, we always talked about how complex it was to define who the customer is, because is it the patient, is it the clinician? It's actually both. And I think where successful digital leaders have, have held their place at boards well, is when they've accepted that anybody using the solutions we have are our customers. We don't need a defined customer type, customer breakdown. It's people who are using tech that we've delivered. And that's how I think we best spread ourselves across the different verticals that you described. COVID has done a ton for IT departments and, and it's hard to say anything positive coming out of this, but it's caused a, a big shift 
you know, really the biggest shift other than computing really for IT departments. Was this shift too late? And I asked that because um, a lot of what's happening now, the, the, the reliance on the technology leaders um, for guidance um, seemed forced because of COVID. Uh, is this something that should have happened five years ago or more? It is. It is something that should have happened sooner, but it's the catalyst that's made it happen. And I think the biggest part now is to protect a rollback. And you, you consider that in different areas, but healthcare is perhaps the one that will tug at the heartstrings the most and be most important. You know, in the UK, we've moved to virtual GP consultations. We've moved to an ability to not go into the healthcare setting first and to find ways to engage with the, the health record, the testing, the pre-assessments, the, the contact and connectivity to the health system. But as we have a vaccine, as we have rapid tests, as we move away from COVID being a crisis and being a day-to-day -day thing, the temptation will be to roll back to physical contact, to physical queuing, to being in the hospital when it's not necessary. And I think it's our job to make sure that the catalyst that came nearly too late for digital to save how healthcare is delivered isn't reduced. And that we help make the customer journey, clinician and patient so smooth that they never want to turn back. They never want to go back to unnecessary physicality of a healthcare journey. And I pick those words really carefully because there is a need, both in what you want as a patient and what the clinician needs as a delivery of making you well, that sometimes requires hands-on. But one of the really interesting things was um, an organization approaching us around physiotherapy. Can we deliver virtual physiotherapy? As a digital person, I immediately assumed really, really incorrectly that physiotherapy would not be something you could deliver virtually. It turns out you can deliver 70% of physiotherapy by talking to somebody on a camera about their pain and seeing how they move. So moving such huge volumes of clinical activity away from inside the hospital to in-home where it's comfortable, where you don't have to queue, where you're not exposed to risk and allowing the clinician to be in their comfortable zone and deliver so much more on a day has been huge for us. It has been an incredible, incredible shift. Uh, you, you lecture uh, a number of places, um, whether it's around digital innovation, retail innovation, when you've got that that lecture hall full, what is the main thing? When let, let, let's take digital or digital innovation uh, to begin with, that you want those attendees to walk away with, knowing and, and uh, again making actionable for for them in in their lives. So it is something we mentioned already. It's that customer focus. How do you bring your customer? How do you have engagement of the retailer or the clinician? in innovation and change that you're trying to bring? How do you make sure that innovation isn't something owned by the IT department, but is something that becomes a collective cultural difference for your organization? How can you be that catalyst? And we talk about a lot of different skills to make that so. How do you, in healthcare, how do you create that connectivity to clinicians that up until maybe five years ago would have seen IT as a real pain to what they needed to do, which is make people better. And now, more and more are starting to see technology being the thing that supports them make people better. Now, different countries have different approaches to that and whether it's the UK's electronic healthcare record approach and, and the way that HIMSS and CHIME and other large healthcare organizations have helped change that, or whether it's how we change patient perception of where data should go, 
we've got to work through that innovation life cycle, but hand in hand with the business to get it right and get that right. And that I think is really cool to see when people have that light bulb moment of it's not just an IT idea and it's not just a business idea. The two things have to come together to deliver the outcomes. There's a, a, a term in technology in IT that some people love, some people hate. Uh, talk to me about what you think when you hear digital transformation. And um, we drop the digital word and talk about transformation. I don't hate it at all. I just think um, more and more we spend time as, as digital leaders, IT leaders, talking to our peers, talking to the business about transformation. And I champion quite hard that we have a transformation team, a transformation department. I keep trying to say, if you're talking to IT professionals, they've been doing transformation for the last 20 years plus, because that's been their job. It's involved tin and wires and Wi-Fi and, and funky stuff, but transformation of businesses is what IT has been doing since the moment it actually landed and arrived in any type of business. And therefore, please turn to us and ask us and involve us in that. There is no transformation anymore that hasn't got a digital element to the foundation of it. And I think that's really important that we place ourselves as transformation agents that put a digital foundation in place that takes requirements from business or customer or both and make sure that the foundations to allow our people, our colleagues, our functional capabilities to deliver best. What do you feel is next in transformation? I'll drop the digital off. In transformation for IT leaders, what's next on the horizon? You know, we, we talked about whether it's cloud migration early um, whether it was, you know, even, you know, a lot of people talking AI and machine learning, and that's going to be the part of the digital transformation for their organization. What do you feel is next? I think it is all of the above, but it's about the connectivity of it. So you could focus your efforts on AI, on machine learning capabilities, on cloud migration, on genomic sequencing in healthcare, on, on data generally, but actually, if you focus just on one of those things, you won't achieve. You need to look at new technology and current technology and understand how it connects together. The, you know, we've talked about APIs for years and how to have that open capability and connections of systems. It's no, it's no longer a, a nice to have. This stuff needs to connect. It can't be delivered in silence. AI won't deliver benefit unless it's connected to other systems. Cloud solutions will not help unless you've been able to wholly move to a cloud capability. The, the whole picture needs a lot more consideration. And I think that's where innovation for the next five years will actually land. It's the use of the big new in collaboration with all the bits that will drive key innovations to what we do. I don't see quantum coming in and suddenly changing the world in the next five years. What I do see is our ability to deliver AI to front of house retail store because it's on a cloud solution with a single sign-on capability that's based on um, your own, you know, your own, own one-touch login functions. It's that kind of make it easy, make it connected that'll help. We, we've come a long ways uh, this year, right? From working from home, you know, making that uh, efficient uh, and then, you know, adopting all of uh, these new uh, 
concepts and, and around transformation around organizations. As a technologist looking forward, we've got we got the work from home. We figured that out. We've got how to do retail a little bit better uh, in a unique situation, uh, a little bit better. But as a technologist, what's keeping you up at night when you look at 2021 and beyond? I think the forecasting of demand in a retail place is really challenging at the moment because all bets are off on consumer behavior and at a physical and digital but the forecast is so difficult to make that we don't know what's coming next as we move to a vaccine program and and a rapid test capability and an opening up of the economy again in the uk you start you, you can't predict what march looks like and therefore you can't predict demand and therefore you can't predict how to make transformation fit demand profiles of where it's going and that that keeps me up at night that we our ability to look into the educated crystal ball has gone and we're going to have to be a lot more living on the wits of our capabilities and our teams than we were previously around planning in that ability to, to well not predict right uh, where, where things are, are going right now do you feel that that puts more pressure on you as an IT leader to lead an organization instead of being just a, a, a part of some decisions here and there? Yes, definitely. Because the operational risk of a peak that you didn't think was going to happen or a change happening that you weren't aware of because of you know changing in customer patient behavior is so much more attuned. I know now that I need to be a lot more on top of operations than then probably in reality, I would like to be. I would like to have got run first running and the ops team there delivering and not have to as be as close to that. Whereas actually you're constantly looking at where, where are the red, red flags on systems and how are we coping with demand? So I think it is a, at the moment, it's an operational role as much as a strategic role. And I would prefer that we were back towards being more strategic. Yeah, I, I do think, you know, historically marketing has kind of had that mindset of they're touching every department. I, and really, I know that's not the case anymore. It really is IT and it really is the, the technologists doing that. You know, I think what's cool, what's cool there, though, is when it's marketing and IT together. And we've really tried hard to bring that marketing and IT function, both as Boots and as Walgreens together so that we're really close in what does marketing need to touch every department to get the customer journey right to have a customer focus to understand needs from information that customers have consented to share and a customer behavior previously so i think that's a really exciting frontier you have a mantra reading through a lot of your literature uh believe in good things a believer in good things tell me about that I think it's a people first element for me as a leader. It's something that I've tried to have at the core of how I am um, for, for years and years now is, is to support a team, help them develop, help them come together, create ways that everybody's best me can come to work Monday to Friday and be there. It's something I believe in that when I look around my team, I've seen excellence in every team I've worked in that if you can shine a light on it and bring it to the top it, it can shine so bright it can make a, a real difference to what we do that ability to create teams that can collaborate collaborate and make sense of problems together 
and not have the individual expertise or the superstar moment, but actually have that collaboration point for teams is really, really important to me. We've here and in previous roles always tried to look for what's the rising talent, what's the, the person, people that need just that bit extra support to become the next leader capable of doing this. I always want to find out who's going to do my job when I move to the next role that's that's there for me. And that's important to me. I always look at, you know, the position I have is, is it's not my position. I'm a steward of that position. I want to yes. live in the best hands possible for the next person, right? Yeah, I love that. Rich, thank you so much. This has been extremely insightful. I encourage everyone, if you get a chance, go to richardcorbridge.com. A lot of Rich's writings are there, poetry, blogs, insights, uh, a whole wealth. You even talk about the Breakfast Club, which I love. Uh, a, a lot of great stuff in there. Rich, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. And don't forget to check out previous episodes of CDM Media's Executive Insights on cdnmedia.com. Until next time, we'll see you.